Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. And Lord, we stand here this morning in freedom in our nation. And we thank you, Lord, for those men and women serving our nation right now to defend that freedom. Lord, we ask that righteousness would rule and reign in the defence forces. Even as the enemy plans tactics of bringing twisting and contorting of truth, that you would bring your truth and your righteousness and your honour to our defences in all areas from the top down. Lord, we pray that you would give them strength Lord, as they, as they stand for truth and as there's such a prophetic picture of soldiers standing in the army of God, Lord, we pray that you'd be over our nation even today. And Lord, we thank you for those who have served in the past generations, who have given their lives. Lord, we pray for their families today. We pray for even their memory. And Lord, we ask that we would never forget them and that they didn't die for nothing, and that we honour them today. We stand for truth and righteousness in this nation. And we pray that even on Anzac Day, you would visit this nation. You would visit our nation with truth. Visit our nation with even a stirring of spirit of young men and women who know what it is to serve and honour you. And so, Lord, we thank you on this day, and we pray you would bless our defence forces in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome. Well, take a seat. And uh, I'm, I'm going to meander today. Is that okay? <laughs> Some like meandering more than others, but um, bear with me because I'm going somewhere. Um, and uh, I, I figure in holidays, it's always easier to meander than at other times. You know, people are relaxed and some are on holidays and whatever. So, um, but there's a reason in my madness today, okay? So, um, we in the last few months have been connecting, actively connecting uh, intentionally with great leaders around the world who we want to stay connected with. In the body of Christ, those who flow in the presence and power of God, but also have great leadership qualities on their life that we need. And it's been interesting as Karen and I have just been discussing um, what it looks like for us as a church who have been um, really over the last generation saturated in the presence of God. And and it's been interesting reconnecting and re re visiting some of those seasons where God's moved in this place, in this church, and asking God, what now? What now? And so I've called today's meanderings the restrained God, if you want a title, the restrained God. And the reason is, is because I find God is more restrained than we want him to be. We would love him to come in and move heaven and earth on our behalf at various times, but he withholds. And some of the withholding we will only understand when we reach eternity. Psalm 13, 1 to 6. I'm just going to read it. I don't think we have it up on the screen today, but just 
our sound and media guys are so good. They've been serving faithfully today. Um, but we're just going to read it, okay? Psalm 13, 1 to 6 says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. This is a meandering psalm. It goes up and down. Our emotions go up and down. Our experience in life goes up and down. And all the while, you may be like me, sometimes would say to God in our prayer, why don't you just come? Why don't you just move? Why can't you release this answer to prayer? Why don't you just bring in the harvest supernaturally? And this is the ongoing intercession of most Christians in their prayer life, isn't it? It's, it's like a tennis match, going back and forth. You get a bit tired, you need a rest break, and then you go back again, and you keep going. Let me encourage you, keep going in prayer. Never give up praying for those things that God's put in front of you that you know that He wants to answer. Because when we pray the prayers that we know are in accordance with His will, He is going to bring about good fruit. He's going to answer. It's probably just not in our way. So let me meander back to talking about the presence of God in a place like this. The truth is, to see an outpouring of the fire of God, we need a very good fireplace. There's no point in having a raging fire. And we have a fire and we like it raging. Karen likes it raging 24-7. And it's a full-time job cutting wood for Karen. <laughs> so I go through about 20 chainsaw blades per, per uh, winter, just keeping up with our firewood requirements. So if anyone's got any trees they want chopped down, I'm there, okay? But, um, but it's an amazing thing having a fireplace. But let me tell you, when you light that thing, if you don't close the door and you don't get the ventilation right, the only thing that comes out is smoke. And if you fill it full of cardboard, that instant quick fix, you ever, ever thought about that? Paper, it's just beautiful, isn't it? You throw paper and it's woof. But it's like an instant quick fix. That's what some of us are like spiritually. Give me an instant quick fix. I want it now. Poof, it's gone and it's full of smoke. And that's what happens spiritually sometimes. It's all, if all we want is paper then all we're going to get is a quick fix and it's going to be gone and the house will be filled with smoke. We need a fireplace that can contain the fire. And I want to talk for a moment for those of you who are seasoned revival junkies. Seasoned revival junkies. And, and there's plenty of us and it's a great place to be. We, we've been in I've been in church 45 years, going to be 46 years in July. It's a long time. And uh, I've learned a few things and I've seen people come and go and I've seen moves of God sweep into this place and at camps and at conferences and Toronto and Lakeland and Africa, you name it, all over. And, and we've seen the hand of God do phenomenal things, phenomenal things just like you have. 
And yet we still say, Lord, you're going to have to come again. Why? Because there's a generation who hasn't seen God move. Now, let's see if you're still agreeing with me after the next sentence. I tell you why, because don't expect it and don't behave the way naturally we did in the last move. Because it's really important we don't just carry out revival behavior. Because revival behavior is the smoke. But we want that wood and that fire. We need to know what is authentic. And so here's a little pastoral practical assistant. I can do this in holidays because normally there's not too many visitors, okay? Uh, but if you're visiting, bear with me. I'm going somewhere. But I, the, reason, the reason I'm doing this is, is to prepare the fireplace, to prepare the fireplace. We need the fireplace prepared because if we prepare it really, really well and we get scaffolding and, 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 and people systems and understanding and maturity, then we actually have really, really strong banks that can carry an amazing river. And so that's what we're doing today. And so if you're one who, and we love the presence of God and the manifestations of God, but if you're one who really tangibly manifests a lot, I want to ask you this. The Bible talks about if unbelievers come into a meeting and everyone's speaking in tongues, unbelievers are just going to disappear. What on earth, those loopy people? How much more then if we are flipping and flopping at the front door and all over the place, which we don't do, but I'm just putting it out there. I'm building a fireplace, okay? And I'm doing this so that when we see God moving in increased measure in the coming days, you'll remember what I'm saying right now. Because we don't want to be a distraction to other people, right? No one wants to be a distraction. But sometimes, Shampa Rice taught us this, there is a time and a place Remember that. There's a time and a place. We're not drawing attention to ourselves. We're drawing attention to him. We don't want to take attention away from him. And so if, uh, and I've said this to people over the years, uh, especially leaders in revival. I said to John Arnott, he was sitting on this middle row one night when we had him here for a conference. John Arnott was an amazing leader of uh, Catch the Fire Ministries worldwide, still going now in his mid to late 70s. And, uh, you know, when Toronto... Uh, outpouring happen. Anyway, so Carol was up here preaching one night and the Holy Spirit was moving and I, I and she hadn't got to preaching and I said to John, you know, how's she gonna handle this? You know, there's some there's some people manifesting right now. He said, that's okay, she knows how to handle this thing. And um, you know, and afterwards I, I said, okay, so tell me this, you know, uh, me, I've got I've got two sides. I've got this radical wanting to seek the presence of God, and I've got this other side wanting to make sure that people who are unsaved can somehow get saved in this crazy meeting, and other people who need heart healing will get healed, other people who need marriages healing. See, people, uh, pastors who actually run meetings like this are putting everything on the line. <laughs> You know what I mean? The more you risk it in the spirit, the more you're putting on the line. It's much easier to run a safe meeting and shut everything down in the spirit. There's no risk. There's no risk. But if we actually want to go somewhere, I'm, I'm asking us to come with us. And it's not about one person. It's not about us drawing attention to ourselves ever. If you find yourself being completely overwhelmed and you know you're going to be a distraction, then just sit down. If it's God, he'll still minister to you. Or just kneel. It's okay. We don't need the dramatic. The dramatic is not what we're going after. 
It's like, it's like the miraculous. The miraculous is not we're going after. We're going after the miracle worker. And, and we were praying in this place. We've been praying this year more and more when no one's here in this building and laying hands on chairs and asking God for an outpouring. And what keeps coming back to me is that if we build the fire, and this is not authentic, okay? I got this from a great leader in the US. But if we build the fireplace really, really well, we can keep the fire going. And, and we can invite people into the lounge room and they can enjoy the fire. It doesn't mean we don't see the power of God released. There's a time and a place and there's still respectful behavior that all of you abide by. And I'm not saying this to react to anyone or anything, actually. I was preparing this. And even this week, I talking to other leaders, I was thinking, yeah, if we're asking God to move, then we've got to remember how to build the fireplace. Because the old behavior is not a move of God. I'm not saying God won't still do some of that stuff and people will fall down and shake and that's historical revival, that sort of stuff's happened. It's okay. We are good with that. We are fine with that. I remember when years ago, it's a dark, distant memory for a certain reason, we brought a radical group of young people down from Queensland. I think it was Karen's idea. <laughs> Radical bunch of, of fiery young evangelists from Catherine Ruinala's church. Bless you, Catherine, if you ever hear this or watch this. No, we've talked about this with, and joked about it with Catherine and Joel and the other guys from, from her church. But anyway, we brought them down. There's like eight or ten of them. And um, we forgot to give them the rule book. <laughs> we brought them down, sent them into the school. And, um, and God broke out. God really broke out. And, and there were young people crying at the assembly at Aldinga, in particular at Aldinga, people crying and shaking and young people feeling the presence of God. And, and it, it was amazing. Well, within 10 minutes of that happening, I'm getting phone calls. And they weren't, hey, God's breaking out in this place. Within a week, I had seven letters whinging, moaning and complaining about what was going on. They didn't understand the fire. We hadn't built the fireplace. You know what? They probably still wouldn't have understood even then. And that's okay. But what I'm saying is this. If we're wise about stewarding ourselves and our own behavior and the presence of God, sometimes it means like Shampa taught us, sometimes it means go in. When the presence of God is coming on, go in. Let him go in you. Let him go in you. Let the Spirit of God go in you. And so sometimes there's uh, some self-control that we have to take and say, Holy Spirit, come within. I'm going to just sit in your presence right now. And he might be absolutely, you know, revving you up completely. But you know, for the sake of others, you might have to have self-control. And there's, there's, there's other people who need to let go of self-control. So this is, this is why I'm meandering today. It's because there are some who in the natural are kind of flamboyant and will go with it, whatever. And, and you need to just ask the Lord, what is going to be beneficial for me and for everyone else in this corporate context? In your bedroom, you go for it. Absolutely, you go for it. John Arnott said to me this, you know, and I, I said to him, how do you pastor a church with, with that crazy stuff going on every single Sunday, you know, and, and unbelievers and, and believers and people who are trying to get their heads around manifestations and this, that and the other. And, 
And, uh, and he said, well, you know, you know, let's say there's a really dramatic demonstration uh, or someone who wants to maybe even take advantage of the meeting. And they're coming back every week and they're always making a highly demonstrative um, occasion of a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or something like that. He said, well, look, just go up and talk to them and just see what's going on in their life. And, and if it's too distractive for everyone else, just ask them to do it up the back and you'll soon test their heart. And I've done it once or twice. <laughs> Those people aren't here anymore. Um, see, most, peop- most people are actually good-hearted people. And the reason I'm dialoguing like this, I've never done this before, is to prepare us for the fire. Because if we can handle the fire, if we can be mature even in manifestations, then who knows, we might be able to actually meander our way through a move of God in a better way than the last time. Now, I'm not saying we stuffed anything up last time, but I'm just saying, you know, uh, there were things that maybe even I feel like I chased after that I wouldn't chase after again. If God chooses to release stuff in this house as manifestations, as demonstrations of his glory, bring it on. But we won't be worshipping those things. We won't be celebrating them. I promised God this week in this place, when no one was here, uh, we, we pray over this place, we take communion every week, and we, we pray in this place. And, and this is what we, we promise God this week, that if he will move in this place in a special way, we promise we won't take the glory, we won't get too proud, we won't get caught up on all the signs, wonders, and manifestations, and that we'll keep the gospel central. I think if we can do those things, yeah, give him a hand. If we can do those things, then maybe he'll trust us. Maybe he'll trust us. But then, like the psalmist here, I say, come on, God, it's time. I've been praying for a few months now. <laughs> we've, been, we've been asking God for an increase now, and yet he's still withheld. He's still withheld. Why does he do that? Why does he do that? I hope I have some sort of answer here. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. He's growing faith. He's growing faith. And if we can tap into that faith or the assurance, another version says, I like that word, the assurance. Faith is the assurance. It means we trust in him even though we're not seeing what we want to see we are absolutely guaranteeing in our spirit we're going to see it. We're going to see it. Now, who knows what God's going to do? Who knows what his fire is going to bring? It might bring a wave of a conviction of sin, wave of a conviction of sin across the nations, across the nation. I think it's highly possible. Now, and that may mean more tears than laughter for a while. There's always probably a bit of laughter mixed in there. But this is why I'm saying this is we have sometimes learnt revival behaviour that is like a reaction. When we get back in the presence of God, we think we have to behave like that. But I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is authentic. He is not a past experience. He is now. He is a person who is real right now. And we will let him do whatever he wants to do right now. And so if you have learnt revival behavior, I want to ask you this question. Are you willing to unlearn it for the presence? 
Are you willing to unlearn it for the authentic presence of God? And sometimes that means I've, I've, I've realized I'm 11 years into senior pastoring and I've had to preach and teach and talk simpler than I ever thought I would have to. Because in my first couple of years, I'm, I'm studying theology, systematic theology, trying to understand all the different terminologies, and, and I'm just watching people's eyes cross-eyed, others falling asleep, and I'm thinking, hang on, this is not talking to the average man. If we're the priesthood of all believers, we've actually got to understand English. That's why Luther fought, why he fought, and the Protestants fought, why they fought. Why? So that lay people could read this word for themselves. It's not so that a few priests could speak in Latin and, and just you know, wow everyone with these Latin words that no one knows what's going on. Because the Holy Spirit is for you. He's for you and for me. And together we are the body. But funnily enough, he, he's given Karen and I responsibility for this fireplace. And so as we see God move and, and as we take risk together in building this fireplace, I want to ask you to give us the grace to sometimes speak into things. If we feel like things are just not quite where we want to be as a whole house, you might not completely see why we're even saying the thing we're saying, give us the grace. Why? Because you've heard we're here because we want to build the fire. We want to build the fire. We need to build the fireplace. And we want to do it in a way that's wise, but that's powerful because there's nothing like being near a raging fire. Unless it's a bushfire. I've never been... Against one, but you know, we, we want the presence of God. But it's a healthy thing to understand that actually if we're going to see this thing long term, not just for a series of meetings, that's another thing I promise God. I mean, it's going to have to be God if he's going to get me out on a series of meetings, you know, for a year, night after night after night. But we're not doing that just to build some show. There's been enough shows. People are disillusioned enough with shows, with systems and structures and just all that stuff. If we actually want the authentic, then we've got to get rid of our pride. We've got to get rid of what we perceive as revival. We've got to get rid of all of those mindsets and all of the self-agendas. Because see, what happens is the more risk we take, the more opportunity there is for people to jump on bandwagons and make a deal of themselves. And this is where others get distracted and say, Nah, not for me. So we won't allow that to happen. And, and so there will be various times where I'm talking as a pastor here. There will be various times if we don't feel like it's healthy for the body, we might just say, as William Seymour did in revival movements, come on, brother. That's what he used to say. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. And what he meant was, that's not going to be helpful for this overall meeting, for this group. That might be fine for your lounge room. You know, do whatever you want. Go for it in the presence. But as a corporate family, there are certain things that are beneficial and certain things that are not beneficial. So as a corporate family, I'm saying to you, trust us, we're going to build the fire. But we got to have the grace to build the fireplace too. And that will mean we got to go on this thing together. We, you know, gone are the days where we just only want the 10 hungriest, craziest people in the room. We actually want the whole family. And remember this, there's a whole generation that hasn't seen a move of God. There's a whole generation that hasn't seen a move of God. So they don't even know what Toronto outpouring means. They don't even know what, you know, what, who Rodney Howard Brown is. They don't know any of that stuff. They don't have a clue what, what it means 
when, when God's moving in a meeting like that. So we've got to build a fireplace so that they can actually come with us. Because I know every single one of you and, and the hungriest ones in this room for the presence of God, I know you. And I know that we have trust enough to say that you're hungrier for the next generation than anyone else. And so no one wants to get in the way of that. But to do that, we've got to have language and understanding and grace. Does that sound okay? Awesome. Romans 5, 3 to 5 says this, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The Holy Spirit will get us through the sufferings so that we can grow in perseverance and develop characters. That's what we're doing today. We're developing character. Sometimes when revival is poured out, maybe it's such a, 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 an outpouring and a shock, or maybe there's not the framework, or there's not even the great good leadership in place to even handle it, or maybe man gets in the way and pride and CD sales and all the other stuff that comes with it sometimes. And therefore, we stop at perseverance because as God tries to develop character, we end it, or he ends it. The, the sovereignty of God means sometimes he shuts a show down. And I can think of a few moves of God. I've been to revival movements and I can think of one that I'm glad he shut the show down because it wasn't healthy. The leadership was not healthy. And so this is why we don't just chase after every new person who's coming out there with a word or a movement or a, you know, a, a social media, supernatural, this supernatural ministry. Sometimes it's got to be super practical, not just supernatural. Again, not a Marty Manuel quote. Super practical in the supernatural. Super practical means get real and let's seek God together. And let's not draw attention to ourselves just, just so we can. Let's not do what we think is spiritual, but let's actually seek God himself for he is holy. He is holy and he wants us to be holy. And he wants us to actually seek him for him, not for us. And so as we do that together, I want to ask us to go on a journey, maybe this year, to go on a journey of trusting one another as we build the fireplace. And as we do that, we, we put aside ourselves, we put aside the way we think things should be done. And I want to ask you to, to trust that God is in this place. See, when we're praying through this place, oftentimes I said to Tony Richards the other day when I was chatting to him, uh, I've just got these strange memories sometimes that pop in my head. I, was, I asked Tony, Tony, am I right on, on thinking that when John Friel was here in like 94 or something like that, I remember a young girl rolling her way right here, rolling in the spirit during ministry time. It wasn't, she wasn't making a deal of herself. In fact, to me, she was completely out in the spirit. And I remember standing over here because I think I was catching and I'm watching this girl. She might have been 10 or 8 or something. I don't know. And... Um, and, and rolling in the Spirit. And I'm like, where is rolling in the Spirit in Scripture? And I'm looking at this and see my brain does things to me. But it does things to you too. 
And so I'm watching this happen. I'm thinking, hang on, she's a young girl. I know no one's manipulated her. No one's, there's no trance. There's, there's nothing weird going on. She was actually in the spirit. And, and it, was, it, was, it was quite a, a dramatic thing to watch. And many of you have seen incredible things. So I'm praying the other week and this comes to mind. And, I, and you know what I said to God? Why on earth did you do that? Why on earth would you do that to a young person? And that's when I got frustrated with him. And I said, God, if it just ended there, then why on earth did you even bother? Why did you bother with all those meetings, all those worship times, ministry times, guest speakers, all the plane tickets, all the, all the different gatherings? What has it all been for if you're not going to capture the next generation? What's it all been for unless you're going to come and do it again? And the truth is, sometimes he's restrained. But then I look at Romans 5 and I find the answer. He's developing perseverance. He's developing character. Because if we can develop character when he's not moving in, in fantastical, intergalactical ways, then we can be trusted when he does. And so there is hope. Even when we're not seeing what we want to see, that's called faith. And so we have faith to believe for God to move. Why? Because he loves moving across the face of the earth. We know that because he's a father. What father doesn't want to give good things to their children? Luke 11, he says it. Of course, he wants to give good gifts and things to his children when we ask. But sometimes we have to tarry so that we develop perseverance and character. And if we can develop revival fireplace character, then maybe the hope will come. And we'll say, wow, God, you know, where, there's, there's no man agenda in the way of this thing. Now, there's many movements that have started out like that and gone pear-shaped. But I'm just saying, let's, let's at least have good endeavors. And let's go for it together. And what that means is when you're seeking him this week, ask him to build the fireplace as well as the fire in you. Because as we individually cultivate the fireplace of God, the perseverance, the character of God, he breathes his fire of hope inside of us and it develops that faith. I want to say to you men, be praying men, be praying men. We need a male Christian awakening in this nation. As Karen said, we were watching the Gallipoli series and, and we just kept on remarking how a couple of the actors in the, in the movie, the soldiers, were incredibly young men. And I was remembering how a lot of them signed up and, and you know, uh, lied about their age. They weren't even 18. They were 17. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And they, they went to war and, and saw just absolutely mind-blowing things that forever stained their lives in many ways and, and stayed with them. And, and we've got to ask ourselves, where are the young men willing to fight for Jesus like that? Where are the men of any age willing to fight for Jesus like that? Think of that when you're praying this week. Think of those young soldiers who went up to Gallipoli and just got absolutely slaughtered by the Turks' machine gun fire, just took them out, just took them out without even, without even having a glorious moment or a movie camera. They're, some of them are no name, no grave, no nothing because they were just wiped out. And I want to ask you this question to our men because... We, we need men to rise up. As I've said many, many times, women I find just, just God inspires them really quickly, really, really easily. And it's a good thing. We need that intercession. We need that passion. 
But we need men rising up, praying each day, reading the word of God each day over their families, each day over their lives, over their habits, over their minds, over their situations. See, we're so influenced by the world today that we think that our soul, our mind, we've got to work things out. No, faith is being certain of things unseen, unseen. You won't find the ultimate solution to your problem on social media. You won't find the ultimate solution in different beliefs and mindsets. And believe me, I go for as many good, healthy, focused things. And I'm onto a latest one that I've already shared, but it's, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> cold bathing, cold, cold dipping in the pool. It's fantastic. But, but let me tell you, it's only a thing. It's only a thing. So many people espouse so many different things that are going to be the breakthrough for your life. The only breakthrough, man, that you are going to have for your life is Jesus Christ. He is the only person who is going to be the breakthrough. If you're praying for breakthrough, there he is, right in front of us all the time. Right in front of us all the time. And women, you can take that as well because it's for you. Psalm 84, 7, for the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing. Did you hear that? He will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. Sometimes we only want the first part. God, you're good. Give me this. From those who do what is right. From those who do what is right, when we're putting him first, when we're seeking after his kingdom, not our kingdom, then we can be assured he'll look after us. And what we sow, we reap in prayer, in our attitudes, in our heart, in our time, in our lives, what we're dwelling on, what we're thinking on. And I know it's a battle. It's a battle for our minds. If you can win the battle of your mind, and one of the things we've done lately is just, um, you know when you need a new worship album? I have been craving a new worship album lately and so I found one you can you're relieved and um, we'll start singing the songs in the next couple of months but anyway uh but it's, it's so good when you get a new album so oh, yes 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 and so that's been cranking 24 7 and it's good get yourself worship albums get yourself whatever you need to feed your spirit whatever you need because we get enough of the other stuff so get whatever you need you know, get apps, get, get worship music, get audible Bibles. You know, there's no rules. There's no restrictions. Don't feel like you're compromising if you listen to an audio Bible instead of reading it. Get it. Just get whatever you need. Stuff it into your spirit and see what comes out. Because we get stuff full of so many other things, don't we? And so I want to kind of wrap up this wandering mess of a sermon today. <laughs> With understanding that God is the restrained God, but he's also the God of outpouring. He's also the God of Pentecost. He's also the God who baptizes with fire. And when he baptizes with fire, sometimes the fire even leaks out of the fireplace. And those are the times when all of us logical people go, oh, that's not in Scripture. Oh, no, no, they're getting too much in the flesh now. You know what I got accused of in these letters from, this is where I was going with the letters, right? The, the critical letters. Um, I never even showed them to Karen, I don't think. But, <laughs> but um, 
But I remember reading through them and I remember reading it. There was one common word that was used in three of them from, from some other leaders. Bless them, Jesus. I've mended my ways with them anyway, which is good. Um, but, but this word enthusiasm, they called it enthusiasm. Now, I know from my revival history reading, that's exactly what all the critics said of John Wesley. And so I'm thinking, wow, they're placing me with John Wesley. They've just given me the greatest compliment I've ever been given. Now, I don't place myself anywhere near John Wesley, okay? However, when I, re when I read that, nothing else written on that paper even mattered. You know, when someone writes you something critical, normally it sits with you, you dwell on it, you're thinking through it, you get on your ride on lawnmower, you get out there, shoot some guns or dirt bikes or whatever you do to let off some energy and some steam. But I didn't need that because I just remembered enthusiasm. It's enthusiasm. What is wrong with enthusiasm? We need a Holy Ghost enthusiasm move, don't we? <laughs> I'm telling you, if we get called enthusiasts, I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with that. But I'm also okay with having a, a solid, healthy house that's called a fireplace, where we do have boundaries and we do have honour and we do have a, a respect for one another and behaviours that we understand. And so that's, that's why I say we, we build this thing, but we're just going to have to journey. Is that okay? Peter McHugh's a great leader of Stairway Church. We've had him out here three, four, five times, I don't know, over the years. And, um, and these are the kind of conversations we like having with Peter because he's a, he's a smart man. And um, I think he's sick of me asking questions like this. But... If there's one thing I remember from talking with him, that is that to build a healthy house, we also have to keep strong uh, fireplace, but also strong authority. Because we have an enemy. And if we diminish our authority, that's Karen and my authority as the leaders of this house, but also good authority in this place. Because who knows who is going to come in in the next decade? The world is more confused now than it's ever been. We have men that aren't even men anymore, women that aren't even women anymore. What's going to happen when they come in? What are we going to do? We're going to need a good fireplace. No point in just having fire pouring out. Everyone gets zapped and they go home and they're like, oh, what am I now? No, we're going to need a good fireplace so that we can actually handle and disciple and clean and articulate. And Man, we're going to need some smarter people than me to know how to, how to get through stuff. But we need the presence of God. And that's, that's a dividing line because we can actually do church without the presence of God. Do you know that? We can. We can. Many churches do it throughout the world and have good services, amazing worship. You have the good lighting, get a few festoons and some pallets and you know you, you got the right atmosphere and you got, you got the good stuff going. But let me tell you, you can do all that without the presence of God. It's only the presence of God that is physically and spiritually going to transform people. We can't run enough programs. We love Alpha, but we can't run enough Alpha programs. We haven't even got the resources to bring in half of the city of Adelaide, but His presence does. His presence does. And so we need the fire, we need the fireplace. Remember, both those things are paramount to carrying the move of God. I want you to stand. The clock says it's 3.15. I've either preached for a very long time or I haven't even got up yet. So, you know, I'm not sure. I want you just to lift your hands.
And we're just going to pray and, uh, and ask God for his fire today. We put the heaters on, so if you're a little warm, it could be that too. But we'll take whatever he gives. And so we say, Holy Spirit, come. We remember you, even on a day like Anzac Day, where so many young men have given their lives, thousands upon thousands upon thousands have given their lives, and yet, Jesus, you gave your life for us. And so whatever happens, Lord Jesus, we honour you. Whatever you want to do, we say, have your way in this place. Have your way with Harvest Church. Have your way with us. And we say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in a move of God that you would come and move in this place, move in this city, move in this region, move upon us, move upon us men, move upon us women, move upon us young people, older people. Lord, we pray all flesh, all flesh. Your word says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That sounds like an unrestrained God. So we say, come Holy Spirit and have your way. Come, Holy Spirit, and have your way. We ask for the fire, for the fire of God. And Lord, we don't even know how to do it sometimes, but we know you honour our hearts. And so we ask that as we do whatever we can to build the fireplace and to disciple people and look after people that you would increasingly in the coming months, that you would come in greater ways than we've ever seen, that you would pour out, you would pour in, you would transform and you would do things that, that we've prayed for and interceded for for years. And Lord, we pray for those who have had incredible touches of God and have forgotten you. Lord, we pray that you would revive them. You would revive them. You would revive them. And that you would remind them of the presence. You would remind them of the, of the visitations of Jesus. You would awaken their spirits. And you would show them why you did what you did. And Lord, that you would come and shake them and awaken them and, and do things that only you can do. We need you in this nation. We need you in this city. And so we're saying, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. We put you in the center, Jesus, because we know if you move, everything else will be fine. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way in us. Have your way in us. Have your way in us. If you're hungry for his fire, then just begin asking him for it. I promise you over the coming years, I will do things specifically not the way we've done it in the past so that we don't just go with whatever we think is the revival norm because it's all about him. So Jesus, we ask you to come and walk amongst us today. I pray that you would come and touch people on the head, that you would come and anoint people, that you would come and move in this place and that you would release your fire right now. The fire of God be released in this house, in Jesus' mighty name. That you would touch bodies that have sickness. Be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask that you would, you would come and you would break mental illness in this house. Mental illness be broken in Jesus' name. Confusion, 
depression, anxiety, heaviness, self-doubt, self-damaging. In Jesus' name, we ask that you would come with the light of the glory of God, the light of the glory of God, and you would release it upon people even today, but in the coming days, that we would truly see the miraculous done in people with mental illness that, that the doctors have said you will have it for the rest of your life. People will get amazingly transformed, amazingly transformed. So we, we say, come, Lord, have your way, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome.